Good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Eddie Beach, sitting in for Kip Allen. Let's Talk, the pastor is in his program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but has questions. So it's a, a program designed for someone, well, like you, like me. Perhaps a lot of questions, things we don't understand. Maybe some some deep questions, maybe some not-so-deep questions. We're in studio today with me, the Reverend Wayne Lawrence, pastor at St. James Lutheran Church in University City. That's right here in St. Louis. And also happens to be Kip Allen's pastor as well. So, Pastor Pastor Lawrence, glad to have you in studio. Welcome back to Let's Talk the Pastor is In. Yes, it's good to be back. I always love having you in studio. I love, uh, I, I love hearing your stories, and uh, I love hearing your stories with your great accent, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. How are things at, uh, at St. James Lutheran Church here uh, in the city? Things are going well. Um, I had to go to Virginia for a two-week vacation and, uh, of course, came back to a lot of grass to cut in the yard <laughs> and a funeral. Oh, so my. it kept me busy for a couple of weeks. And uh, I have to go back to Virginia next week. So I'm still trying to make sure I get all the grass cut so that I can uh, take off and don't come back into that bushy <laughs> yard that I came back to well, <laughs> after my vacation. Maybe someone listening right now will have mercy on you and uh, mow the grass and for you while you're away. Right. Wouldn't that be a nice thing to do for your pastor? <laughs> mow his lawn while he's away? That's a subtle hint. Uh, <laughs> I tried. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, uh, maybe you have a question for our conversation today for Pastor Lawrence as we talk about a variety of topics. We're going to take a look at uh, how pastors, particularly how Pastor Lawrence, prepares for Sunday morning, prepares for the sermon, um, prepares for the, the service, and how pastors go about leading the service, maybe some some preferences in how it goes about the, the service and what happens at, at uh, St. James Lutheran Church. If you have a question, give us a call, 314-821-0850, 314-821-0850 in the St. Louis area, and uh, 1-800-730-2727 anywhere in North America. You can also email us, let's talk at kfuo.org. Be glad to take your questions as we're talking with Pastor Wayne Lawrence today. So one of the the topics that that Kip has been uh, working on and interested in in digging in deeper with his pastor, and I found it fascinating too. As soon as he shared it with me, I was like, "Oh, this is right up my alley." One is uh, sermon preparation: how you prepare to uh, how you prepare your sermon and how you prepare to deliver your sermon. Now, I've not had uh, the the blessing, the privilege of, of being in the pew when Pastor Lawrence is preaching, but Kip has great stories to share of how how uh, he is thoroughly engaged with your sermons and the delivery is excellent. So, not to... Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad he has good things to say. <laughs> so, tell me, where do you begin uh, when it comes to sermon preparation? how What do you start with um, so that you know what you're going to preach uh, the, this coming Sunday or two Sundays from now or whatever it may be? Well, one of the things that have been very helpful for me is um, there's a group, a group of us that meet um, on Tuesday mornings. Um, it was uh, spearheaded by my bishop, I always call him bishop because I vicared under him when I was at the seminary, Pastor David uh, Pelsu, who is the pastor of Reformation in Afton. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he started this group, uh, boy, quite a number of years ago. I lost count of how many years we've been doing this. But uh, when I took the call back to St. James, not too long after I came back, he started this group with a, a group of pastors that would meet um, every Tuesday morning um, and uh, talk about the pericopes for the coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we would do is uh, um, we have different guys presenting each week. And uh, um, whoever is presenting, of course, would uh, do a translation of whichever text he's going to to preach on, whether it is the Old Testament, the Epistle, or or the Gospel. Quite often, it's, uh, it's the Gospel. And so um, a lot of time, if you do your translation of the gospel, you're pretty much prepared for pericopal study. (laughs) Now, you've mentioned pericope a couple of times. Yeah. Can you unpack that for us a little bit? What do you mean by pericope? Because I know that, I know that can mean a, well, it it could mean a couple of different things. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, these, the the passages that we have Mm -hmm. for each um, Sunday, you know, you always have an Old Testament reading, mm-hmm. you have an epistle reading, and uh, the gospel reading, and so we refer to them as the the pericopes for the day. And you know, the, of course, you can either be using the one year series, uh, or you can be using the three year series. Um, and the thing is, in our group, we have guys that use the one year series and guys that use, you know, they use the three year series. So sometimes you get quite a bit of variety there. <laughs> <laughs> so you you have some who are using the one-year series, some who are using the three-year series, yet you still gather together to study the text, to discuss the, the text, and sometimes it could be different texts than what, what you may be preparing for. Right, right. Um, for example, we have um, uh, Dr. Golden, who is the pastor at uh, Village um, Ledoux, and he's an Old Testament exegete. So sometime he'll come in and he's working with the Hebrew and the Old Testament. You know, you go, well, I didn't do that one. (laughs) So, you know, just listen, you know. Mm -hmm. But quite often, you know, quite often the the Old Testament is somehow connected with the gospel, Um, especially during the green season, you know, um, which is the season of the church. Mm -hmm. Quite often the Old Testament, there's some connection between the Old Testament and the gospel reading. Um, When you get into the purple season, uh, like Advent and the Lenten season, um, sometimes all three readings are designed to go together. Um, But uh, during the green season, the epistle, if it fits in, is by coincidence. Finding that connection between the text yeah. sometimes is a bit more challenging. Okay. Yeah, but you know, it's uh, what um, I know Charlie always says, it's the, the lectua continua when you're dealing with the epistle reading. It's just on its own during the green season. Um, but during the purple season, season, it's designed to fit with, our, with the Old Testament and with the, and with the gospel. And so if someone prepared the the Old Testament, there is always going to be that connection anyway between the Old Testament and the the Gospel. So, you know, quite often, um, and most of the guys will translate the the Gospel reading, and so 
but for the most time for most of the time that's what we're we're looking at not always but most of the time and when you say translate the gospel reading you mean they're sitting down with the greek yes. and translating from yes. greek to english yes um you know um we like to start with the greek because um you see things in the text or in the pericope um in the greek that you don't always see in in english you know there are certain words that um certain example an example would be um you know you run into the word that is translated as church for example you know when you look at the english you know it just says church mm -hmm. but uh, when you look at the greek and you're looking at the word ecclesia mm -hmm. um you can see where it's the preposition ek and from the verb kaleo, which means to call. And uh, you, you can see into the word things like those who have been called out of the world. Interesting. You well, know. that could certainly make a big difference. Yeah, you know, you don't just see the word church and you think of a building, you know, or just people gathered there mm -hmm. on a Sunday morning. But sometimes when you look at it in Greek, you go... No, this is the church is made up of people who have been called out of the world, you know. Um, and so you see things mm -hmm. in the Greek and in the Hebrew sometimes that you just don't readily see in English. And also, you know, part of our uh, training as pastors is uh, not to be dependent so much on the English, but to critique the English translation that is before us see how faithful it is to the text and uh, sometimes you can you know in fact <laughs> sometimes the guys look at um, the the NIV and the ESV and the you know King James version and they go see now look how the King James version did this look at how the NIV did this <laughs> you know and they can and they are critiquing the English based on the Greek so I think the Greek and the Hebrew is always a good place to start you How know. many books are you carrying with you uh, to this Tuesday meeting? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't carry a lot. No, when, when Dr. Freyahan used to come with us, he would bring his old library, <laughs> man. He would bring you know, this bag full of books, you know. But um, for me, I just uh, make sure I have um, my, you know, mm -hmm. my Greek New Testament with me. Um, maybe um, my you know, Greek lexicon if, if I need it to go back and check something. But no, but for the most part, you know, you have translated it enough so that you can just do it without looking at, at notes, um, which is, you know, um, good for us, good exercise for us. Absolutely. You know, to keep our Greek sharp. <laughs> so we start yeah. with, we start with Greek. Um, I try to do my translation on a Monday and uh, do a little bit more exegetical study, you know, um, and then uh, try to meet with the guys on Tuesday. And uh, then we sort of put our heads together and uh, um, share ideas. You know, what do you see? You know, and uh, um, you learn a lot from the brothers. You know, that kind of fellowship is just, you know, I often think of it as my, my weekly winkle. <laughs> you know, uh, my winkle that happens uh, once a month is good, but I like to look at pericopal study as like a weekly winkle, the fellowship of the brothers where we 
get together and sharpen each other's thoughts and help each other to start preparing for for Sunday as to mm-hmm. what we're going to preach about. Other times that you miss, like you miss out on this? And... Oh, man, like I missed out on it this week. Uh-oh. And, uh, you know, I didn't meet with them on Tuesday, but I did my translation. Mm-hmm. But not meeting with them on Tuesday, I really feel like something is missing. You know, you mm-hmm. feel like, ah, I am just not... You know, <laughs> I don't have I don't have in my head now what the brothers are thinking. Um, I am just um, on my own with my prayer, meditation, and struggle, which of course is, you know, the one of the important parts about sure. sermon preparation. You can do all the mechanics. You know, you can translate the you know the Greek. You can follow the the um, homiletical or preaching steps that you were taught at seminary you know they always say follow this uh, you know goal malady means a central thought and you can follow the mechanics all you want Um, but but ultimately you know it's praying about the text it is meditating on the text it is struggling with the text Um, because one of my one of the guys in pericopal study always has this question you know, where is Jesus in the text or where is the cross in the text? And that's always mm-hmm. so helpful to us because it's a, unless you see the cross in that text, unless you get to that point where you see the cross, it's as if I'm not ready to preach. <laughs> you know, you want to pray about this text. You want to study it until you get to that point where you see the cross because you know our theology is the theology of the cross we are not uh, you know we're not we're not uh, you know these other gospel preachers that are either about social gospel or prosperity gospel we are about the theology of the cross everything leads to the cross where we have mm-hmm. you know um forgiveness of sins life salvation and so every sermon is really taking you again to, to the to the cross, um, where Jesus died for our sins and rose again, so that we have life and salvation. And so, yeah, that's basically in sermon preparation. You do the mechanics. You want to do the Greek. Um, it's good to meet with the brothers. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, Charlie is always you know, when Charlie shows up. You know, he always asks the question, "And who is preaching on this text? And how are you planning to preach this text?" You go, Charlie, I didn't get that far yet. You know? <laughs> That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. You know, <laughs> but he goes, "Well, how are you planning to preach this text?" And uh, um, he's always so sharp, though. He always has quite a few ideas up his sleeve. You mm-hmm. know, or these catchy um, titles. You know, that you go, wow, Charlie, that's a good title to work with, you know. <laughs> but that's also, you know, that's weird that the brothers really are, are really helpful to you in, in preparing for sermons. I've, I've seen him uh, talking about Pastor Henriksen, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Pastor Henriksen. When, uh, you know, he comes to here to host Concord Matters oh, that's right. once a month as well on Tuesdays. Tuesday. So he comes here after that study. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. Uh, some other pastors have come here with him from that study as well, from that that study group. And uh, some of them are, are toting along their all <laughs> their books yeah, that's right. from that study. So that uh, those Tuesdays that they they study with you and then uh, come here and host Concord Matters this is like theological Tuesday for them. They're studying yeah, all day. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. Well, that's great. So it sounds like being able to study with your brother pastors uh, so that iron sharpens iron yes, uh, yes. is really a key part of your preparation. A very good part of it, yeah. So that as you as you study the text, as you look at the text to to root out the meaning yes and uh and see what does god have for me to to preach yes 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 what is the lord saying to me you know um and also you know i i think when you apply the text to yourself is that's helpful you know where is this text showing me my sin and why i need a savior you know i always say to to my members sometime in Bible study. I know you are a sinner. You know why? Because I'm one too. It takes one to know one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, once we see that, once we see our sin and why we need a Savior and how that text leads us to the Savior, then yes, that's, you know, you, you, then you're ready to, to share with the congregation their sin and their Savior. Yeah. I had a pastor who one time shared that when he's writing a sermon and said much of uh, similar to what you said when he's writing a sermon he's he's really preaching to himself yeah yeah because he includes himself in that uh, and and himself chiefly (laughs) when he's he's preaching especially preaching the law uh looking at his own sin and so when he's preaching don't you love it though when when someone says pastor you were preaching right to me that wasn't so nice that you, you were pointing out my sin in this sermon but you were really preaching to yourself but you're really preaching yes they say yeah i know you're a sinner because that's what i am <laughs> you know yeah that's so true that is so true yeah but that you know that uh that that goes into preparation you know but i want to say it's more than mechanics mm-hmm. you know there's the mechanical part of course the translating there is the um um looking at the the format yes as you know we were all taught in homiletics one look for the goal the malady the means the central thought those are the mechanics but again there is that spiritual part to it that prayer that meditation that struggle Hmm. there are words for that right we talk about those here oratio meditatio tentatio I know President Harrison who mm-hmm. likes to roll those uh, off a lot, and and they are important, because unless we pray and meditate and struggle with that text, um, then you're really not ready to, mm-hmm. to preach it. You know, um, that's one of the things that uh, sometimes bothers me is when I have, like, uh, like I mentioned, all this yard work to do on the church premises. You know. And you go, wait a minute, I, I'm not supposed to be doing so much yard work. I'm supposed to be working on sermons, you know? <laughs> uh, and That's so, a good point. That yeah. We, we see that in a couple of places. Yeah. Well, we see it in Acts chapter 6, don't yeah. we? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, let someone else do this and let us put our, you know, put our, use our time for study and the word, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and uh um, like this week, I'm making sure everything is cleaned up before I leave next week to go to Virginia. And so you find yourself a little bit behind the eight ball. But, uh, you know, since I did the translation and did some reading, at least the prayer and the meditation, the struggle, the thinking, the meditating mm-hmm. on that text, the process already started. Um, and so, you know, you start almost preaching that thing to yourself in your head before you even compose it and so you know by the time you get around to 
composing it, writing the manuscript, which I think is what um, um, Brother Kip Allen is also talking about. By the time you get to that point, um, you have so much of it already in your head that um, delivery becomes um, like a conversation that you're holding with your members, except it's a monologue. Mm. You know, um, I do not write sermons um, as if I'm writing a paper to give to a professor. Um, you've got to put it in conversational language. So does does the, your your sermon then contain questions? Maybe questions, um, maybe fragments. You know, mm-hmm. um, because, because who speaks in complete sentences? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe fragments. You know, um, because it's it's in conversational language. Um, I am basically having a conversation with you, except you don't get to talk back at that point. You know, <laughs> if I do, that interrupts the sermon. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, there are times I was uh, when I came back from Virginia, and. Uh, um, while cleaning up the yard, I was preparing for a funeral too, and uh, one of my dear members, um, his wife that has been struggling with mm-hmm. Alzheimer's for twelve years, had passed away. And you know, those are times when a lot of family members will come to church for that funeral. And uh, in the middle of my conversation with them, some of them are actually talking back. And it's, you know, it's kind of amazing. You don't expect it, but quite, you know, but quite often some of them are talking back because they can relate. Because mm-hmm. I knew this this lady for oh boy, since I've been here at St. James for a good six going on sixteen years. So I'm not talking about somebody I don't know. Right. And so they can relate to what I'm saying. Yeah. And you find some of them are talking back to you. You know, Amen. Yeah, that's right. Go, <laughs> oh boy. I thought this is supposed to be a monologue. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, a caller. Let's go to our sister, Cheryl. Good afternoon, Cheryl. Good afternoon. I I have a question. I was part partially listening. I don't know if Pastor Lawrence said what he was preaching on this coming Sunday. I was wondering if it was by chance uh, from Mark 6. Yes, yes, it's from Mark 6, um, Jesus. Where Jesus is walking on the water. Yes. And he passes as, as It seems like he's going to pass on and go ahead of them. Yes, 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 that's the text. Okay. I, tra- I did translate I it, though. I was listening to um, Thy Strong Word today, and they were doing Micah 2. Ah. And I want to read the very end of Micah 2 to you and see if you get the same reaction I did. Um, uh, It says, I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will gather the remnant of Israel. I will set them together like sheep in a fold, like a flock in its pasture, a noisy multitude of men. He who opens the breach goes up before them, they break through and pass the gate, going out by it. Their king passes on before them, the Lord at their head. Wow. Doesn't that sound like Jesus walking 
Yes, yes, yes. Now, why did they? Do you know why they connected that text? I did. from Micah. Oh, I you. Thought, oh, I just. They were at the end of the program, and I'm listening, and I'm thinking, "Oh wow, I heard somebody this week talking about the the readings." I think Saint Paul, um, uh, Saint Paul the Pair, had their um, Bible study, uh-huh. and they talk about the readings. Um, that are coming up, and that pastor talks about each reading. And he um, listed so, Micah as one of as one of the like a cross reference. Did he? I think Micah was just the text they were studying today in Thy Strong Word. Oh, is she still yeah. there? Cheryl, are you still with us? Oh, shit. Okay, my phone is. Not working right. Well, thank you for your call today, Cheryl. We actually we've got to go to a break, but what a, a fascinating connection as you were talking about, Pastor. Yes. Uh, when you're you're connecting the text, whether it be the text that uh, that we were reading today on Thy Strong Word or a, another program, that uh, well, as you were talking about earlier, you said that where is Jesus in the text? So when we're looking at Scripture, where is Jesus? Whatever text yes, we're looking yes, at. Yes, what a what yes. a good point. We need to take a quick break. When we come back from that break, we'll continue talking about uh, your preparations for Sunday morning and uh, and then how you carry that out on Sunday morning as well. You're listening to Let's Talk. I'm Andy Bates, sitting in for Kip Allen. Our guest today, the Reverend Wayne Lawrence, St. James Lutheran Church, University City. Church Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, and Corporate Synod, daily reaches out to our members and partners, working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. Opportunities to serve, lcms.org careers. How do we love our neighbor on the internet? Why are the creeds so important? What does it mean to practice Christian hospitality? Questions like these are answered in every edition of The Lutheran Witness, the monthly magazine of the LCMS. The Lutheran Witness can help you interpret the world from a Lutheran Christian perspective by providing reliable, biblical reflections on the issues that you care about the most. Get your free issue at cph.org witness. That's cph.org witness. If the Christian church were a boat, what kind of boat would it be? A battleship? A cruise liner? Noah's Ark? This week on the Lutheran Hour, guest speaker Pastor Timothy Teuscher tells how the Savior who stilled the storm with his word gets into the boat with us. Join us for Pastor Teuscher's message this week on the Lutheran Hour. Sundays at 12.30 and 5 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO. You hear our voices every day as we speak the gospel, share the latest news, or for insightful and sometimes entertaining talk. Why not share your voice with us and send us your feedback, suggestions, and questions? Leave your comment at 314-996-1542. Be sure to follow us on social media, too, so you can like, comment, and share your favorite posts. 
Drop an email to KFUO at KFUO.org or send a snail mail letter to Worldwide KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. Born July 27, 1674 in Southampton, England, Isaac Watts became one of the world's most prolific hymn writers. The eldest of nine children, Isaac shared his father's love of books, learning Greek and Hebrew as a young man. He also had the strongly held faith of his father, a dissenter from the Anglican Church. Because of his father's beliefs, Isaac was banned from attending Cambridge or Oxford. Instead, he attended an academy run by dissenters. His years of language and Bible study led to his prolific hymn writing. One of Watts' most famous collections was called the Psalms of David, imitated in the language of the New Testament. He wrote that he wanted to imitate rather than to translate the Psalms, including his imitation of Psalm 98, which became one of the most popular hymns of all time. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible. Welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. Pastor Wayne Lawrence of St. James Lutheran Church in University City, Missouri. He's our pastor today for Let's Talk. The pastor is in. The numbers, if you have a question... Give us a call, 314-821-0850 in St. Louis, 1-800-730-2727. 1-800-730-2727 are the numbers you can call. Uh, that 800 number is uh, toll-free in North America. Give us a call, and uh, we'd be happy to take your questions today in studio with Pastor Wayne Lawrence. We're talking about uh, preparation for Sunday morning, pr- particularly preparing for that Sunday morning sermon. And we'll get to delivery here and what else happens on Sunday morning. But you raised a point earlier that um, that I, I ma- gave me a question and made me think of something from the past. The place where you do your preparation, when you're not studying with the brother pastors, but when you're back at church, right. what is that room where you do your your studies and your preparation for the sermon? What do you call that room? Yeah, I know. We, we often just call it our office, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll just call it the office. But um, you're right. There's probably a better term, that are, a more appropriate term we should use for it. Well, I, everybody does say the pastor's office or the pastor's study. That's what I, I yeah. met a pastor who who was very uh, who insisted that it be called his study. pastor study yeah. to clearly communicate what it is he does in that space. Yes, yes, yes. I've heard that too. You know where they say is you know it's the pastor's study. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, one of my professors when I was at Concordia Bronxville would say, you know, we often hear that um, the pastor is busy doing this, the pastor is busy doing that, but often do we hear that the pastor is busy praying and, uh, you know, pointing out that part of sermon prep has to do with prayer, mm-hmm. um, that part of our study involve um, praying. You know, as I mentioned before, it's, you know, oratio, meditatio, tentatio, you know, prayer, meditation, struggle. Um, and so a more appropriate term is is the pastor's study. Um, is probably a better term than just mm-hmm. his office, you know. Um, mm. He's in the office of, you know, the, the ministry. Um, that's the office he's been called and placed into. 
but it's not a room. Mm-hmm. You know, in that room, he spends his time studying and preparing for um, that Sunday service, yeah, the divine service. You know, I think that's important that we call it the divine service, you know, because that's where, you know, God serves us, you know, huh. and uh, and we serve him, you know. He serves us with his word and sacrament. We serve him with sacrifices of thanksgiving. Um, and so, yeah, I think a better, a more appropriate term for where, you know, that room where you do all your study and your reading and praying and meditation. Sometimes you sit in there before your computer and you're not typing anything, <laughs> you know. And, you know, your wife might look in and go, well, what are you doing? Nothing, you know. Well, no, actually, you know, part of the part of the, the, the process is to, to think. Mm-hmm. To stop and think, meditate, yeah. So if you're sitting there over your books or over your computer, you're, you're, you're sitting in a posture that uh, appears to be prayer, mm-hmm. someone would assume this, this oratio or meditatio. Now, what if you're sitting at your desk and sweat's just pouring off your head? Is that uh, tentatio? Uh, maybe. you struggling? <laughs> yeah, maybe you're struggling. <laughs> I'm struggling with the text. With this text. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. Because you do, you know. You're, you know, you want to see the cross. You want to see Jesus in the text. Um, and not all texts readily lend themselves to, to that. Um, you know, sometimes it's... You see one side of the coin, you know, you see the law mm-hmm. and you say, okay, now how do I flip this over so that I see the gospel, you know, and uh, f- it's flipping that coin over so that you can yeah. see the gospel and see the cross. That is the struggle sometimes. Yeah. Has there ever been a text that you were reviewing and studying to preach, but I just... I don't want to preach on this, or this is that you really that tentatio that struggle was was real was tough. Yes, yes, there are texts that um, are not easy um, to work with, and um, when you finally preach it and get a good comment, you know you realize you know what, I can't even take credit for that <laughs> because I think um, my struggle was so much that the Holy Spirit says, okay, you get out of the way and then I'll preach. And uh, it happens, you know, where um, you can't take credit for your sermon um, because the Holy Spirit um, guided you through that process and uh, enable you to preach his word. So you say, thank you, sister, yeah, but that yeah, was yeah, all yeah. Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah, that was all him. <laughs> 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 yeah, and sometimes that's the way it feels. You walk away from that Sunday service with good comments, and you go, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Sunday morning. It, now, we, we've talked about studying the text and, and preparing for this. Other things that you might do to prepare your sermon? I think one of Kip's question was, one of his questions was, do you, do you rehearse your, your, your sermons? I try to do more rehearsing than I than 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 I you know normally get because you don't want to be tied to your manuscript. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, you know, it's because it's written in conversational language. Even if I didn't rehearse it, I'm not tied to it because I remember the conversation that I'm having 
with myself and so it's the same conversation I'm having with you in fact not everything that you that I say from the pulpit is what's written um, on the paper Sometimes um, it is inspired at the last sometime minute. Sometimes <laughs> it is. It's, yeah, you know, you um, you know, you say it differently because you're in conversational mode, mm-hmm. and so you're having this conversation with uh, with the congregation. But it's, you know, it, the, the the manuscript does guide you so that you don't go off course. You know, it keeps you grounded and keep you going in the right direction. Um, but yeah, it's not necessarily word for word um, that you're preaching it. Um, and so you're not tied to it, but uh, rehearsing does help because what you find that happens when you rehearse is you're editing your sermon. <laughs> you know, you realize, wait a minute, I wrote it this way, but actually saying it this way sounds better. So you find yourself editing your own sermon when you rehearse it. So that happens, yeah. And you found that in rehearsing your sermon, you get to a point and think, that's not going to make sense to anyone. To anyone, yeah, that's right. It doesn't and even it, make sense to me now that I read it. <laughs> right, right. And so, yeah, rehearsing is, is, is helpful, you know. It's um, helpful to go through the, the divine service, especially when, you use, when you're not using the same divine service all the time. Um, you have to remember... The difference between setting one um, and setting three, or setting two and three, or what um, options you used with setting one as opposed to what options you're going to use with setting two. So, you know, if you're not using the same divine service, it's also helped to go over, you know, the flow of that particular setting um, that you're going to be using. And also sometimes how you're going to modify the setting, you know, because sometimes you may have, let's say you're working with setting one, um, the chant for the, for the Lord's, not for the, for the Lord's prayer, for the words of institution is not in setting one, but you can still use that chant in setting one, even though it's not written there. So, you know, you, you, you prepare for, you know, what you're going to do, because when the congregation is looking in the hymnal, they'll be mm-hmm. seeing the words, but not the notes. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you prepare that, too. You want to make sure you rehearse. Rehearsing is, is helpful. Um, it also um, cut down on the nervousness, mm-hmm. you know, because anytime you're going to do um, public speaking, there was a. Do you a, still get nervous? Uh, oh, if if you, I, one of my one of my colleagues say, if you stop getting nervous, you need to get out of this thing. You know? Really? Yeah, you know, we all get a little nervous, you know, once you start, but you just uh, remember because you're not just speaking publicly. Publicly, right. you're delivering something that is sacred. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something sacred you are delivering, and uh, that uh, sense of um, accountability is there you know in um in the lord's prayer we we pray hallowed be thy name and i always try to tell the bible study this god doesn't need our prayer to make his name holy you know um but we are praying in this petition as luther says to that his name would be holy among us Mm -hmm. well how does that happen when his word is taught in all its truth and purity and the sacraments administered rightly, and when we live godly lives according mm-hmm. to it. 
So look at the burden that is on us, you know, to make sure that whatever you're preaching is his word in all its truth and purity, and that when you administer the sacraments, that you're administering it rightly. That's uh, that's um, a heavy responsibility. Yeah, that says to me we need to pray for our pastor. Uh, of course. Yeah, I mean, please, we always please. should pray for our pastor, yeah. but, but more specifically, I didn't really think about it from that perspective, that uh, it's a big burden, it's yeah. a, that's a heavy burden for one to, to carry. Yeah, that, you know... And, and you see, here's another thing that um, that um, that often I think about in in sermon preparation. How am I going to point to the per, to the one who is actually the center of worship? Because mm-hmm. if you notice, um, in our churches, we don't have the pulpit in the middle, like some Protestant churches. Our pulpit is to the side. And what is at the center is the altar, symbolizing what? The presence of God. Mm-hmm. You know, one of, the, one of my hymns that I just love to start a service with is, God himself is present, because he truly is. And part of sermon preparation is, how do I point to the one who is present and who is doing his gospel thing among us again? How do I point to him? Mm-hmm. You know, is sermon about... Um, my rhetoric, is it about how good I can speak or is it about how good I can point to the one who is the center of worship? Mm. Because too often, you know, when you look at a lot of these, um, what we call power preachers on the air, <laughs> you know, they're, 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 their pulpit is in the center and it's about his rhetoric, how good a speaker he is, how inspiring he is, you know? And uh, for us, we are to decide... We are vested, and our calling is to point to the one who is the center of worship, who is the one that is here doing his gospel thing again. And so we can't just, you know, in preaching, we can't just talk about what Christ did 2,000 years ago. We do that when we talk about the cross. But we also have to remember that he's doing it now. It's not just what he what he has done for our salvation. It's also what he is doing for our salvation. And so you always want to point to, you know, that continued work of Christ in word and sacrament. And mm-hmm. so it, that's, yeah, that's quite a, um, a, a burden to carry. You right. Know? But you thank the Lord that, uh, you know, um, with uh, his grace, he makes it easier for us, you know. Are you a physical preacher? Do you get animated when you preach? Uh, I, 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 maybe I do. I think sometimes that you know you tend to use your hand gestures mm-hmm. um, quite a bit. Um, again, because it's a conversation, you know, and uh, um, you may be a little nervous before you start, but once you get into the conversation, it just you know you are having that conversation, and it's wonderful. It's it's fulfilling. In fact. Um, you know, somebody said to me, "What the amount of hours you put in, not just in sermon preparation, but in visits and even the yard work. They go, you know, that's a lot of hours. And I go, but you know what? When you're doing something you love, it doesn't feel like work. You know, they say, well, mm-hmm. won't you, aren't you going to retire at 65? I said, maybe I'll go to 75. Who knows? <laughs> you know? <laughs> because, you know, often if you, if you love what you're doing, it just doesn't feel like work. Mm. Yeah. 
you know it doesn't feel like work but you re- but you also are aware of the responsibility that is placed um in your hands um you know looking out for the the souls of God's people you know they're not yours they're his it's his flock you know he's really the shepherd ultimately you're just the under shepherd you know <laughs> and he's the good shepherd of the of his flock yeah when this is my last question about preaching then I'm going to get to more of the the divine service when you're preaching you mentioned earlier that the pulpit is to the side because they're behind you is the altar which reminds us of the the presence of of Christ especially when this divine service so we have the the lord's supper so we we have the presence of Jesus and uh the the real presence of Jesus in that meal but do you does that space and the way things are laid out make a difference in how you're preaching? Do you do you reference like do you point to the altar, the baptismal font? Do those things? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it important to, oh, to be that, able to have those in a oh, <laughs> yeah. certain the, the, direction from you? Yes, those are helpful. Those are helpful, especially you know, for a long time <clears throat> we didn't have a chalice, and I hungered for a chalice, you know, <laughs> hungered for a chalice. And uh, finally, um, one of our members uh, that had passed away and left some money to the church, and our husband was saying, you know, well, what are we going to do with this? I said, well, maybe we can buy ourselves a chalice, finally. And uh, that has, you know, been so helpful because when you have the chalice and the cover, it, it really looks like a tent. Mm. You know, it look it has that tent shape, <laughs> whereas that little round uh, thing with the glasses don't have that tent shape. So, what's know? this connection to the tent here? This, there are a couple well, of tents that I can think of for scripture. So, yeah, because you know, um, you know, in John one it says, um, you know, and the Lord beca- and the Word became flesh and dwell among us. Again, that's where Greek is so important because the word that is translated "dwell among us" literally have the understanding of tented among us. You know, the mm-hmm. Lord tented, you know, he tents among us. And that's what he did in in the incarnation. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the temple represented him. Say, that takes me back to the, the yeah, tabernacle. The, the, the yeah. tabernacle, right. The tabernacle represented God being in the midst of his people. And then the temple was built. God is in the midst of his people. Well, here comes Jesus right in the middle of God's people, you know. So he tabernacled, he tabernacled in... among them, you know, hmm. in, a, in, the, in a gracious way. Because if you remember even the tabernacle and even the temple, you couldn't go into the most holy place. Mm-hmm. You would die. Yeah. You know, unless you were the high priest going in on the, the Day of Atonement, you would die. But uh, here comes Christ, tent among us in the most gracious way. You can look him in the face and not die, you know. Hmm. And here it is, we have um, in the Lord's Supper, Christ is tented among us in a very gracious way, you know, in bread and wine, that we can eat and drink and receive the Mm -hmm. forgiveness of sins. Um, So, yeah, those things are, you know, when you see that tent look, the symbolisms of worship, um, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful to look at the symbolisms, the cross, the crucifix, um, the... The, the the coverings on the altar the um 
the, the chalice with the, the tent the tent shape of, of the, the covering. Those are some really rich symbolisms that again and again, even in preaching, you can point to, you know? Um, because that's where God is not only acted, but he's acting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, here he is doing it again, doing his gospel thing among us for our salvation. You mentioned earlier uh, divine service, the various settings of divine service in, uh, I assume, in Lutheran service book. Yes. Is what uh, it sounds like you use it at St. James. What, uh, you mentioned chanting, the, the one of the uh, one of the prayers or no words of institution chanting words of institution. Where did you learn uh, chanting and and I, I know some pastors chant some don't. Yeah. What's your your preference for chanting? Uh, um, I always you know well again my Roman Catholic background you know is uh, is a part of that. Um, in the Roman Catholic Church where I grew up in Jamaica, the service was always chanted. Um, and uh, when I met my mentor in New York, he, uh, um, Larry Vogler, he, probably, he mm-hmm. works here now. He does, yes. Yeah, he's my mentor, and he was pretty high church. That was also helpful. I could uh, fit in, you know, because often you walk into a, a Lutheran church and uh, people think, well, you know, it is so different from the Roman Catholic. And in a way, there's a lot of similarity if it's a high service. Um, and when he did the service, you know, I felt at home, except that the difference between the Roman Catholic Church and the Lutheran Church is where salvation feel sure. <laughs> you, know? you know, in the Roman Church, you were feeling like, have I done enough? You know, am I good enough? Oh. Whereas, you know, in the Lutheran Church, you were assured that not that you're you're not good enough, but your God is good enough. You know, um, it's your God that is good, uh, not you, and that's what's important. Um, but he was, uh, you know, he was very high church, and uh, um, his wife being able to play the organ was also helpful, because if he needed to work on anything, you know, she would be very instrumental in helping him, and it was good to watch them as a team work together. You know. Um, planning services and uh, um, conducting services. And I would say he was a great influence on me um, going in, going into ministry. My complaint to him was, that's going to take eight years. And he goes, well, eight years is going to come and pass, whether you do that or not. <laughs> you think, okay. <laughs> Words so, of wisdom. Yeah, he was very instrumental in um, in uh, in. Uh, in my going into ministry and uh, the way I view the the liturgy, you know, and uh, that's you know, Are I, there- I think it's there's a beauty, there's a beauty to liturgy um, that if you if it's not sung, I think it takes away from that beauty that's there. But also one of the things I like about liturgy. And why I try to follow the the hymnal is uh, how rich it is biblically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. Uh, I remember Dr. Freyan used to talk about what it means to be confessional is to is to speak back to God what God spoke to you, 
And the liturgy does that. It speaks back to God what God spoke to you. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I like the liturgy. If I had a bad sermon, which I don't, <laughs> thank, thank, thank the Lord for the he Holy says Spirit. With confidence. <laughs> yes. But if I had a bad sermon, mm-hmm. the hymns and the liturgy tell, give me the confidence that my people were fed, that God's people were fed. You know, even if I blew it, God's people were fed because of the liturgy and because of the hymns. They are so rich. Amen. Wow. Are there benefits, advantages? We have about two minutes left. Okay. Benefits to uh, to chanting. You mentioned that it, it, it felt familiar to you because of your background, the tradition from which you came. Are, are there benefits as well? You mentioned it also being beautiful. Uh, but is there a benefit to the to the hearer? I also think that it keeps us together. It keeps us together in the sense that um, hmm. people, for example, if you notice, you know, we, because we say the creed together every Sunday, mm-hmm. every congregation has developed a, 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 a speed at which they do the creed. Mm-hmm. But too often when the liturgy is spoken, you have some people running ahead of others. And when it is sung and the organ is like leading mm-hmm. you, it keeps the congregation together. So you don't have one person at the end of the the, 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 the saying and the other one is still in the middle. You know, right. I think it singing it keeps us, singing as a way of keeping people together rather than, you know, because we don't speak at the same speed. You know, my rate of speaking is slower than others. I'm thinking we've we've just developed a new tool for uh, for rating congregations. It's their their creed speed is uh, how we'll, we could rate congregations from here on out. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's right. You're right. The, the speed of their creed yeah. is how you identify a congregation. Are they a fast creed speaker? Are they yeah, a slow. slow creed speaker? <laughs> so many questions. We we uh, we had one email. I'll save that for next time. Uh, one email for uh, for the uh, the next time. But it, oh man, you're the guy to talk about it too. This is a question about being uh, coming. Uh, could, talking with someone from a Catholic background and, and uh, helping them understand. But uh, we'll, we'll have to say that for another time. We are just about out of time. Pastor Lawrence, I could talk with you for like oh. several more hours. I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I've enjoyed our conversation. I've enjoyed our time together and, and certainly what you've had to say about preaching. Fascinated by your sermon prep and all the, the brothers who, who study with you as well. So thanks so much for sharing those stories Good today. To be here. Good God's to be blessings here. on your ministry, safe travels coming Thank up in the near future. Thank you. I'm Eddie Bates sitting in for Kip Allen on Let's Talk. The pastor is in today. Our guest was Pastor Wayne Lawrence of St. James Lutheran Church in University City, Missouri. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed the program. The archives will be on our website, kfuo.org. The music today from Pastor Bauer uh, Pastor uh, Fritz Bowie, uh, thanks so much to him for letting us use his music, All Glory, Laud, and Honor. You can find his music and uh, his books on Amazon.com. To chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.